Hello, everybody. Welcome to Joe and Chris Talking Baseball, the first episode of our new podcast talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks and Major League Baseball. I am Joe Jockey, alongside my co-host, uh, Chris Lacey. What's up, Chris? How much, Joe? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, just watching Big Sexy throwing uh, through seven <laughs> perfect innings, which is unreal, it to is. say the least. Yeah. Um, I am a writer with BaseballCentral.com, um, and I also cover some ASU athletics for the state press, um, senior at ASU. And Chris, how about yourself? I'm a writer at uh, NGSCSports.com. I cover weekly baseball news, breaking news, and I have a, I have a column that runs every Monday morning. You can find that at NGSCSports.com. That is NGSCSports.com. All right, definitely got to check it out. Um, I do, for sure. Um, I am in Mesa, Arizona. He, you are in New Jersey, but I'm not. All right. And uh, let's get this. Uh, let's get this show started here. Um, I guess first we'll start with kind of the the rotation and how it's played out. You know, everybody going into the year obviously expected Zach Granke and Pat and uh, Robbie Ray to kind of lead the charge, but instead it's been Zach Godley and Patrick Corbin. Uh, Patrick Corbin actually got the opening day start, and he's pitched like he should have gotten it in the first place, even if Granke was healthy. Um, what, what do you? I guess what have you seen from Patrick Corbin that has made him so good so far this year? He's looked like the 2013 version. Yeah, he's he's looking like, like the pitcher as he was before, uh, before he had um, uh, uh, Tommy John surgery. I think the key for Corbin. Corbin has been a slider. He's he's uh, mixing his slider, his change in and his fastball, and that uh, slider has has become an, an um an um out pitch for Corbin, and I, and I think that's what's made him effective. And also going back on Godley, even though Godley got um little body of Dodgers on Sunday today, the uh, key key keeper Godley has been his um deadly curveball. That curveball is a is a a weapon. So if Godley can continue throwing it for strikes. I, I think uh, Godley and Corbin are going to continue to be the aces of the staff until Granky and Ray can finally um, run into form as um, uh, the uh, D-backs expect them to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it's for Corbin, I'm going to have an article out on this, uh, I believe, tomorrow, but he's completely changed his pitch mix. Um, he's throwing his slider almost the same amount of the time, but he's drastically dropped his four-seam fastball percentage. He's incorporating more curveballs. He's not throwing his changeup, which batters hit hard last year. And he's really True. sticking with that curveball, and he's throwing it more than 50% of the time. And a lot of pitchers nowadays, it seems like they're abandoning fastballs. They're just going to go to their strength, like McCullers yeah. does with his curveball uh, in Houston. And it's he, not only is he throwing the back foot sliders and the back door sliders, for strikeouts, but he's also using the slider to get strikes, to get back ahead in the count, just kind of like a get me over slider almost. And then he's also able to paint it. So batters kind of get different looks now and he's using it pretty effectively. It's quite amazing. And it is. I mean, I mean, I mean, when, when um, Cor Corbin got the uh, open day start, I, I, I didn't think he was going to be, be that good, but since, since, since that start, he's just, he's, he's just, been the uh, ace of the staff and is a, a big reason why why um, Arizona is um, ahead in the uh, NL West. Yeah, and then the other thing, uh, it's it's amazing that Robbie Ray and Zach Greinke have not found their form. 
the lineup has been without Steven Souza Jr. and Jake Lamb for a long period of time. Souza, obviously, the whole year, Lamb, most of the year. They're some of the key run producers on this team. There's no J.D. Martinez. Paul Goldschmidt just got going. Yeah. Um, and yet, they've won five straight series. They're, what, 11-4, and four, and they're on top of the NL West, and the Dodgers are at the bottom. Uh, weird. <laughs> pretty pretty weird stuff going on. Uh, pretty wacky stuff. I mean, you've got the weird weather on the East Coast and the Midwest. You've got some wacky teams on the top of divisions. And I guess it's just April baseball is what we have uh, going on. Yeah, but also I, I think I think a, a, a key, key part for Arizona has has been the production that they've gotten from uh, uh, AJ Pollock. When Pollock is healthy, Pollock is a very good outfielder. He plays great defense. He can hit. He he runs the bases very well. He can steal bases. So I I think as long as um AJ stays uh, healthy, I think I think the lineup from Arizona will be in a uh, great shape. And then once Goldie hits like Goldie does, we get Lamb back, we get Souza back. I think offensively Arizona is going to be a really good offensive team. Right, and then it also helps to have Peralta. He's been such a great table setter at the top of the lineup, getting on base uh, almost every plate appearance, it seems, uh, either by walking or doubling or, or something. And, and the Diamondbacks have scored the most runs in the first inning uh, of ball games, largely because Peralta is always getting on base uh, and he's setting the table. So that, that has definitely helped as well. Yeah, and then Goldie is finally getting going. That's a good thing. Uh, he's three thirty. Uh, he was hitting a lot of ground balls. He was striking out. Um, and I don't know about you, Chris, but I feel like whenever Goldie goes into a slump, which is rare, he usually is very tentative in a slump. He usually is striking out. He's looking at fastballs right down the middle. He's you know striking out on pitches in the dirt that he normally wouldn't strike out on. And when he's when he's right, he's obviously hitting line drives everywhere. But yeah, he he's just always seems to be very tentative when he's in a slump. Yeah, because I mean, um, Goldie's he he's a he's he's a a, a very patient hitter by uh, nature. So when he when he is slumping, you 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 will see him take take pitches that um that um normally he'll um uh, uh drive 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 into the gap for a, a doubles a homer. So. It was a uh, great, great sign to see Goldie um, on this uh, road, road trip. He he, he uh, kills 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 the uh, Giants. So it was good to see him have have a a, a good series against against the Giants. Then he he's a uh, Dodger killer. So this this uh, road trip was actually a, a great 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 for Goldie. And then uh, going going back home, hopefully um Goldie and the uh, rest of the lineup can can find a way to hit a homers in uh, Chase Field because that uh he. Humidor seems seems to be just taking taking the wind out of uh, our, um, the uh, D-backs power. Yeah, the thing about the Humidor, and I'm glad you brought that up, is that you know the the other teams didn't have any problems hitting home no. runs in Chase Field, <laughs> which is the weird part. So like, I don't know if you can blame the Diamondbacks' inability to hit home runs at home on the Humidor, but then at the same time they go out on the road and they start hitting bombs. So it's it's it, weird. It's baseball. It, I, it must be that they just that the pitchers they were facing at home were locating better and they couldn't get the pitches in the air. That's and possible. then on the road they were. And yeah. I, I guess that's the only explanation. Yeah. yeah but uh, I, I, I think offensively they'll, they'll be uh, fine, fine for the, uh, the, uh, re the uh, rest of the season. 
it'll just determine on on uh, how 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 well their uh their uh st uh st starters pitch and all and also can the uh bullpen hold the lead and uh, and um so far the uh, bullpen has uh been good. Yoshi comes in the seventh, Archie in the eighth, and uh Boxberger has been great. The complete opposite from Rodney from uh last year. Rodney was also oh, yeah. was always it was always a struggle. Didn't know if he if he was gonna walk anyone. Was he gonna give give up a homer? But like Boxberger is just so calm. It's uh, it, it, it's actually great to to just see see a closer. Just take take the ball in ninth inning. No strikes. That's it. Ball game over. Yeah, he does walk the first batter every once in a while. Um, but then he always finds a way to get back in it. And his changeup is called a Bugs Bunny changeup for a reason. It's, <laughs> it's moving everywhere, and it's a ridiculous. I, I, I've never seen a changeup like that before. Um, and I, I can I can see why, you know, closers and late-inning relievers, they usually only need a dominant pitch and then maybe their fastball, and maybe their fastball is the dominant pitch. But, you know, they really only need one dominant pitch, and they can get through three batters. So. Yeah. Um, and then – I, I like what they're doing with Archie this year as well. They're bringing him into high leverage situations. They don't necessarily have him fixed into one inning. Um, and that's where the game is trending. And I'm glad that the Diamondbacks have kind of adopted that philosophy of, you know, we're just going to use the bullpen and maximize outs and maximize situations and yeah. stuff like that. Um, let's see. What else are we going to talk about? I guess uh, next topic we will – Let's see. Trying to find the topics here. I guess uh, let's talk about the NL West specifically uh, and how that's all shaping out. I guess the Dodgers are already six and a half games back in the division, five and a half actually, because they won today. Um, then the Rockies are kind of stumbling. The Giants cannot avoid the injury bug. No, uh, <laughs> It's just continuing this year, same as last year. Um, you know, Bumgarner didn't get into a dirt bike accident, but he still finds a way to get injured. True. Um, and then the, the, uh, the Padres are the Padres. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they, they'll, they'll be good in a few years. Yeah, but they have a lot of talent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have tons of young talent. It's amazing. They're, the way they've been able to stock up their farm system is, un, you know, unprecedented. Um, but, you know, I guess the big question is how how many games – What's your barometer in terms of how many games that the Diamondbacks can get ahead of the Dodgers and the Dodgers can be behind the Diamondbacks to where you actually think like, yeah, the Diamondbacks actually have this. This is dangerous for the Dodgers. They don't really have a chance of coming back. Or is it or is it simply just too early? Like even if they're, you know, 12 and a half games up, you know, by the end of the month, it's still not, you know, they could still make a big run. I think it's still way too early because because uh, I remember like like uh, seasons ago Arizona got off to like a great start and then then then, then they then then they only end, end, ended up finishing finishing that year like um eighty two and eighty so still it's uh, still way too early I I think if Arizona still has this still has this a uh, big lead around the uh, traded line then I think you could start thinking about maybe they have a chance to actually win win this division but I think right now it's just like way too early. And I think the Dodgers are going to be a much better team than, than uh, what they are uh, right now. 
uh, Justin Turner is still on the DL. They just placed uh, also um, infielder Logan uh, Forsyth on the uh, deal today as well. So I think once the Dodgers get healthy, then I think they'll be the team that um, everyone uh, expects them to be. Then also go into the Rockies. I think the Rockies they they just got they just got got a hit. And hope and 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 hope that um when they uh, bring bring in their uh, bullpen they have a lead because the Rockies have a very good bullpen. You got Wade Davis, you got Shaw, you got uh, Adam uh, out of out of Eno. So I think the Rockies bullpen is definitely their uh, strength right now. And uh, and also hopefully the Rockies they can figure out what is wrong with John Gray because he does not look good. No, he's gotten lit up in every start. Um... You know, the, the thing is, is they can have a really good bullpen, but then if the if the starters can only go three or four innings, you know, then the bullpen is taxed all the time. And then, so like, I, I love the idea of trying to build a super bullpen, but if your starters can't give you innings, yeah, that kind of becomes a moot point. It does, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Rockies, as long as they start to hit, they'll be fine too. But I, I definitely think the Diamondbacks are far and away a better team than the Rockies um, in terms of all facets of the game, um, especially if Yoshi and Brad Boxberger can continue to pitch well. And then the starters are one of the best starting rotations in baseball. Uh, and then the offense will be the offense. I mean, if they can score this many runs that they have without J.D. Martinez and without Paul Goldschmidt hitting like he usually does, then I think they're going to be fine. And also going 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 back to the bullpen, I, I think I think another another person who's who's done who's done uh, very good has been uh, uh, Fernando Salas. He's he's yeah. very good. Yeah, he has, he, has, he he hasn't given give, give, given up a, a homer. He's been a uh, limiting the walks. His his um his um ERA is low. His uh WHIP is low. So I think if Salas continues to uh pitch like this, I think I think he he he's he's going to be a, a a very uh valuable member of this uh, bullpen. As as we um uh, get get into the summer, yeah, and uh, I also think you know with Salas, I was reading this this is kind of advanced metrics kind of thing. There's there's this thing called quality of pitch, um, which measures a pitcher's pitch quality based on break, location, uh, command, what have you. And Salas yeah. is second only behind Bartolo Colon in terms <laughs> of location percentage, like where wow. he intends to throw the pitch, like yeah. where the catcher sets up. And he hits the glove the second most percentage of the time um, behind Bartolo Colon. So he's been commanding the ball very well, and that's what's kind of helped him. So yeah, Fernando Salas has been great. Um, and I know people like to bag on TJ McFarland, but, but he was a great last night. But you know, he he might he might not you know do well in high leverage situations. He might not you know be able to go an inning or two and just completely dominate the opposition but what he can do is give you length get ground balls and that's his role and he does it well and so he's a valued member of the bullpen and people yes. keep saying you know get tj mcfarland off the team get him off the team he's a weak link like no he actually has a very big role he uh, he's like the josh Coleman-er of this year and, and also, I, I think um, McFarland's role has uh, been has uh, been been increased because uh, Randall uh, Delgado is uh, still not healthy enough to actually join join a team. So if uh, we didn't have uh, McFarland, then who who would be our uh, long man out of the out of the uh, the pen? Because honestly, I do not trust uh, Sil Silvino Bracho. I'm sorry. No, I've I don't like him. Now. He's not. No, yeah, me neither. He's had like sixty like or seventy games in the big leagues, and his numbers are terrible. Yeah. So, so, and then, well, I mean, I guess you could have Matt Cook come up, but like, 
you know, really you want TJ McFarland to pitch well enough to where you don't have to do that. Um, speaking about Matt Cook, um, I actually wrote an article today about possible rotation options for if Walker, Taiwan Walker, obviously went on the disabled list uh, today uh, with right um, forearm inflammation. Um, hopefully it is not Tommy John surgery. Hopefully it's just inflammation and the MRI that he gets on Monday um, will just reveal inflammation and not have any, you know, broken uh, ligaments. ligaments or torn ligaments. Um, but, you know, I knew that I knew this team was going to need a sixth starter before the all-star break. You know, that's True. why you need pitching depth. Um, but who do you think is the best option to start um, if Taiwan Walker has to miss extended time or even just one start? Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Taylor Clark, actually, because I, 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 know, I, know, I know Clark had a, uh, had a, had a uh, solid, solid, solid uh, spring spring with the team. Uh, and also another option is uh, Bray, Braden Shipley, but uh, Shipley hasn't really impressed me in, in the uh, rotation. I think, I think Shipley is uh, more suited to pitching out of the uh, bullpen. And also we also, uh, we also have uh, Shelby Miller uh, possibly coming come back in June as well. So I think the, the, the rotation for Arizona will, will be in uh, good shape, but it, it all depends on, on uh, what the uh, MRI shows for uh, Walker tomorrow. And um, hopefully it's good news and, and not uh, bad, uh, bad news. Yeah, you know, I hopefully it is, and uh, I actually almost forgot about Shelby Miller, uh, to be honest, <laughs> because I I was thinking more of the short term, and he's been out for so long, I just completely forgot that he was an option. But yeah, that uh that helps things a lot. Um, I I personally wouldn't mind, and I think this would be the number one option is Braden Shipley, just because um, he's pitched well in Reno this year. He's pitched very very well, and and it's coming off of a very good September that he had. Or, the numbers may not look great, yeah. but compared to his numbers earlier in the year when he was with the big league club, mm-hmm. they're much better. Um, okay. And so he's finding something, and I think you need to give him at least one more chance. I would also like to see Taylor Clark, um, and I could see Matt Cook starting. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cook had one good start for Reno and then one really bad start for Reno. Okay. So we'll see. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we won't even have to have this conversation because Walker will be fine and he'll be able to go back out there in his next outing. Yeah. Um, and pitch effectively. Um, let's see here. What else, what else can we talk about? Um, I guess, I guess let's talk about the, uh, the brawls in baseball. It's kind of becoming a bigger and bigger thing. Uh, you wanted to talk about this, so I guess I'll let you lead on this topic here. Yeah, so the, the 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 first brawl happened uh, last last Wednesday between the uh, Red Sox and Yankees. It all started when when uh, Tyler Austin slid in, slid into a uh, second base, and with his uh, spikes pointed upward, he he actually hit uh the uh, Red Sox uh, uh, second baseman uh, uh, Brock, uh, Brock Holt. Words were words were exchanged between the two, and the bench is cleared, and that was not it. Then in the seventh inning, Joe Kelly sticking up sticking up for his team, Brock Holt. Threw a 97 mile off fastball right into the back of Austin. Austin was not too pleased. He broke his bat. He charged a mound, and madness ensued. So it was pretty interesting. But uh, also, I think Austin. I I, I think he 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 could have uh, slided um uh did very uh did, did, did differently. So he had, he had, he actually wouldn't wouldn't have hit um brought brought Colton on and on the leg. So. That was that, that was um it was weird and fun at the same time and then the uh, second brawl 
uh, 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 was also on Wednesday between the Rockies and the Padres. Padres pitcher Luis Perdomo threw 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 threw, threw a fastball behind Nolan Arenado. Arenado was not happy. He was pissed. He charged the mound, threw some punches. Benches cleared. Perdomo and um and um Arenado were um uh, were uh, suspended. And actually, Ar- Ar- Arenado is, is actually right now in the midst of serving his uh five game uh suspension right now. So. Yeah, what I find ridiculous is that the players can actually appeal suspensions and then play a game before they actually have to have their Sorry. suspension. Like, I know it's weird. I, I I don't get it. It's like you're you're obviously did something. You obviously should be suspended, and yet you're allowed to appeal it and play a game and then serve your suspension. I, I don't also, get it. Yeah, the, the other part about the uh, suspension is is that it, it uh favors the pitchers because if a pitcher gets suspended for five games, it's like one start. But if a player gets suspended exactly. five games, it's actually five games. So I think, I think maybe 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 they should change it where if a pitcher does get um suspended, it's actually five games for him as well. Yeah, five starts or something, or yeah, you know, five starts. Yeah, maybe maybe two starts. Probably five is probably too much, but maybe like maybe two starts would be the equivalent of five games or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the Houston Astros have tied the game up. Uh, so Cologne lost his perfect game pretty easily. Uh, there was runners at second and third, uh, and now he's being taken out of the game with two outs in the eighth and a one-one game. So, mm-hmm. but it was a great effort for a guy of his age. It was an amazing oh, effort. Know. Yeah, it was. I, I can't believe it. And of course, gesturing, uh, having fun like he usually does. <laughs> the Astros. Um, I guess we want to talk about Bartolo. I. I do not understand how he can get away with throwing 90% fastballs at the velocity that he throws them, and yet batters can't do anything with it. I think part of it is his um, delivery. There, there is a little bit of a uh, deception in his in his uh, delivery. So he, even though even though even though on the uh, the, the radar gun it, it, it'll only show like 90, maybe to the hitter at the at like a uh, uh, 95. So. I, I think I think Cohen's delivery has has uh, something to do with with him just basically basically just just being a uh, a uh, two two pitch pitcher to, to just uh, throwing bat uh, uh, fastballs and changeups. But I uh, I think I, I think it's a uh, great story for for uh, baseball because um, Cologne is like is like one of my favorite all time pitchers. I just I just love watching him pitch. I love him. So, I love that guy. I I honestly wish he could come to the Diamondbacks somehow. <laughs> so I get to see him on a regular basis, but one of my favorite moments in baseball that I've ever seen was when he hit that home run as a Met. Oh, truly, that is fun. That was yeah. amazing. And then Gary Cohen's call of that home run was even better. True. Um, but yeah, and, and I think the other thing with Cologne is that, and Alex Rodriguez said this on the broadcast, that he uses every inch of the 17-inch plate. True, you're right he, about that. He yeah. utilizes every part of the plate and moves the fastball up and down, away. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times his velocity, even though it's low, it's like 89 and then the next one will be 82 and the next one will be like 83. And I think hitters can, you know, I think they can get annoyed by the fact and get out of rhythm when they get an 89 mile per hour fastball and then they get an 83 and it's so different. True, yeah. And I would almost rather hit 100 all the time if it was consistently a hundred yeah i get that but uh that was what a great game for bartolo um and i guess 
I guess that would uh, just about do it. Uh, the next homestand for the Diamondbacks. Starts on Tuesday against the Giants. Yes, yeah, so we got three games against the Giants, three games against the Padres. And the Padres and Giants just uh, went at each other, so maybe that'll give the D-backs a little bit of an edge. Um, and then the Padres kind of demolished the Giants in the last two games. But honestly, like, it's as simple as this. The Diamondbacks have to take care of business against both the Padres and Giants, bottom line. Yeah, got to. You know, they can't they – can't, if they're going to be if they're going to be the division winner, they've got to take care of business against those two teams at home, um, because then they go out on the road and they play uh, Philadelphia and Washington. Ooh, Philadelphia so. has been okay. Um, the Nationals are have been they're kind, of, they're kind of scuffling a little bit. They're not they're not, they're not playing the way the way that um mo, mo, most uh, uh, thought they were, uh, thought they would play. But I think once the Nationals get get back, uh, Dan, Daniel Murphy, I I think that that uh, lineup will be, will be better. Yeah, Daniel Murphy is a key cog in that on that team. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's same major. thing with Dodgers and Turner. Yeah. And then I I just hope that the D-backs don't have to face Scherzer because. Uh, yeah, I hope not either. No, I'll be too bad. <laughs> Scherzer is just way too good. He's he he's to me he's almost on the same level as Kershaw. I think yeah, I I I, I think I either uh, one of them is is gonna win the uh, Cy Young. I think I think the winner of the Cy Young will probably probably be what pitcher has 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 the, has the uh, best last start. I think between yeah. Scherzer or Kershaw. Yeah, I, I I would agree because they're gonna be so close regardless, so it's gonna be hard to pick, and then it'll be the last eye test. Yeah. All right, this has been a lot of fun, Chris. Uh, it's a good episode. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about, a lot of positive things to talk about with the Diamondbacks um, when we return next Sunday. Um, same time, 10 Eastern, 7 p.m. Uh, here in Arizona. Um, so I hope that you all tune in, and uh, I will definitely share this episode on Twitter and um, different podcast networks so we can you guys can listen to it uh, later on. But it's been a lot of fun, Chris, and uh, – Let's uh, watch the rest of the Sunday night game, even though Big Sexy isn't in there. And uh, <laughs> yeah. have a great week, my friend, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, peace out. It's been a good episode. Have a good night. Thanks.